All right. This is the moment of truth, Ken. Are you ready? Yes, yes, I'm ready. Okay. Let's go, buddy. Okay, we're live in five, four, three. Showtime. Yes, yes, y'all. You know what time it is. It's time for Sports And here's your host, TC and Jake. Oh, hey there, everybody. I wonder if I did keep playing the open, if you could hear me, because I think that this improved, we're doing a remote podcast, but I, I, f- I felt like whenever we were on with Ben that we could talk over each other and it wasn't the end of the world the way it normally is with uh, remote connection technology. Yeah, sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me. Hmm. That's my take on that. I couldn't hear the open, but I could oh, hear you it couldn't hear it enough. at all? No. Okay. But I don't think it matters too much. No, it's probably okay. This is a Thanksgiving gift, you know? That's right. Like when you when you approach a thousand episodes, if we took a holiday week off, it wouldn't be the end of the world. But we don't want to find out. Actually, yeah. I kind of do want to find out. <laughs> okay. Well, you're already here, so please don't leave. Not so much because I don't want to do the podcast. I just want to kind of be here for the apocalypse, you know? I think it's been a long-stated philosophical Yeah, uh, to go back to the start. piece. Yeah. I'd say within the first five episodes, we we talked about that. Yeah, especially just because we're a, a couple libertarians, you know. Um, and if you could just start this whole thing in zero. Yeah, I don't even know that that's true anymore. I no longer think that it is the case that libertarian policies would be good if uh, if you're starting from zero. Okay, well let me try this. Accumulation is policy. inevitable. Like, yeah, but if you started from zero, you wouldn't have any accumulation. But like you know give it a couple years it is going to occur unless you do something about it all right let's think of it this way apocalypse only adam no eve libertarian yes or no (laughs) um what do you think about will smith's book well i know that you're a big red table p1 uh maybe the biggest i know actually the only one i know so uh, yeah, I was I've seen you'd two be episodes, but I aspire to see more. I've I did not regret the time spent with the two episodes that I've seen. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, I knew <clears throat> the second I started seeing headlines that you'd be all over this. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, who, so who was it? Who was the, what was the Mad Lib we got yesterday? Des tweeting to Andy Milanakis about non fungible tokens. Yeah, I mean. Anyone who follows Des, that's not a Mad Lib at all. Like, Andy Melanakis is kind of the only thing that you're filling in there. Des does nothing but tweet about NFTs. Yeah, but, like, wind it back literally 18 months. And you're like, hey, the guy that everyone thought was 15, who actually has a condition, who did uh, songs with Riff Raff and Dirt Nasty, uh, he bought into some, like, scam currency and your second favorite cowboys players involved yeah yeah but i you know just whenever you see des's three thousandth nft tweet it's hard to be surprised at that point you know we're just examining we're just talking about the different perspectives with which you can look upon this news and i think that we have explained the full range now yeah well i still think that star of wild wild west throws up while coming up on his first girlfriend is it's it's in the range of things that I would have been like, guys, come on, no. Like, Boy, I didn't even see that part. What do you mean? 
I, I don't know. I just had read an excerpt from the biography. <laughs> uh, yeah, but isn't a, like the headline excerpt? I mean, I'm, I'm sure. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying this is Well, you new could to be me. the one you got. Uh, it was far less funny and mad libby. It was just uh, my dad used to beat the shit out of my mom and it permanently affected the way I saw the world. Oh, that <laughs> one didn't even make the two articles I read because they weren't top feeding, you know? Yeah, uh, no, he, it's like in the, the oh. Sunday Times, which there's my first problem with the biography. Why are we giving excerpts to them? But, know, uh, right. Um, there, yeah, it was just like, I, I didn't even, I didn't know when I read it that I had, like, I just, it was one of the, I know that you and I, um, you know, one, one of our, uh, odd couple things is, uh, the, drastically different ways that we prefer to start our day yeah so whenever i was rolling into like uh you know 90 minutes of just kind of laying in bed reading my phone oh because <laughs> i love just easing into it like it's a warm pool that's that's Ugh. what life is you know just this is giving me a will smith sex reaction <laughs> um you know i was i was looking at the phone and uh just you know what's been going on and i see here's something Something about how Will Smith's dad, it, like I want to say, like I, what I was going to say there is something about how Will Smith's dad is a bad guy. Um, but what's interesting and in my mind commendable about the thing is that it's not Will Smith saying my dad was terrible. It's Will Smith saying over and over, my dad was an amazing guy who gave me so much. Also, he hit my mom so hard that she collapsed. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I some real compartmentalization there. Yeah, hey, let me let this dog out. Okay, you want me to say anything while we're going? I could tell you my deepest, darkest secrets now because you're not on. Oh, he's back. Sorry, she broke in. Him. What? Nothing. Nothing. Oh, you have some. Is Chet Holmgren injured? <laughs> the fact his last name is Holmgren. Really it's it's almost it really is funnier. And again, um, like Will Smith trying to tie these two pieces of his life together, uh, analytically inextricable from his name being Chet also. Mm -hmm. But if we were to set those two apart and look at them through their own separate prisms, I might argue that Holmgren is funnier. Yeah, I just Chet, you know, any any uh, jackass parent can choose to do a bit, you know, with their. <laughs> I don't. I think Chet's a great name. I'm not saying they're a jackass for naming him Chet, but it is a little bit of a bit name. And I'm just saying you you can you get to pick your first name, like the parents do. You know. Yeah. It's just the universe settling on Holmgren, and yeah, that means a lot to me that the universe gave us that gift. But yeah, so I'm just reading this Will Smith thing, and it, it was just it was striking because it was, I didn't know he had a book coming out. I'm just clicking on a link. And I looked down and see the author. It just says Will Smith. So mm. it's just, a, and it's like a first person piece. And so I quickly put together, surely this is an excerpt of a book. Uh, wasn't able to confirm that for certain because those jackasses at the Sunday Times called it an extract. Where the fuck do you get off? You're not going to be yeah. able to survive in the world acting this way, Britain. America is the, the you know, ascendant superpower. Uh, all the rest of the countries have fallen in line with speaking the language we speak. It's time for you to do the same. Yeah, that shit applies to vanilla and DNA. <laughs> what do they call DNA? 
Well, I'm saying like extraction, you know, like okay. if you're trying to have a few, let's say that yeah, you yeah, hypothetically right, I get you. I understand have a, fo- a yes. fossil with a mosquito. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's an it. extract. <laughs> Part of a book, that's an excerpt. That's an excerpt. Catch that's the right. fuck up. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, the, the way he lays it out, it, I'm I'm so proud of him for his journey, you know? <laughs> what? Like, anytime I hear someone talking in a way where it seems obvious to anyone that they have a really strong understanding of everything that's going on in their head. I just know that takes a lot of work, you know, like I'm, I feel like I've started that journey, but I don't feel anywhere close to like finished or like I'm just kicking ass at it. And it seemed to me like Will Smith was kicking ass at it, you know, like that he was able to connect. He's like, I, I, I always am who I, who I felt that I was in that moment, you know, of like, I'm I'm the guy that didn't help her, you know, like my mom meant everything to me. And here it was like the big chance to save her. And what I did was stand there and do nothing. And, you know, so that, that he and also, you know, that that so much of his drive to entertain was a drive to soothe over like, you know, men in black exists because uh, he had some real strong turbulence that he needed to calm and he had to figure out at a young age what his best tools for calming that were and, you know, felt like he had to work on them in like a life and death sort of situation, you know, of like make it so everyone feels good, entertain the family so that they're not beating each other up. And, uh, you know, it's just, it, it, was, it was cool shit. And I just, as much like the Will Smith stuff is hilarious, you know, like him going on camera to say, yeah, my wife fucked my daughter's friend. It was hard for me, but <laughs> also got, she's Josh not Hamilton. apologizing. <laughs> yeah. And like, it just, it's, it's so striking how little like she just doesn't feel bad. And I mean, like more power to her. I'm not saying that she has to, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm proud of everyone's journey there, but it's amazing. But so th- like, that's wild. I don't, I don't, uh, there's a lot of, I, I don't think I could ever end up there, you know, but like, uh, in order to, there's, there's a lot of people who could have their wife fuck their daughter's friend and, uh, handle it in ways that were like way, way worse and would make things so much worse for everyone. And I don't, I don't know, dude, I just, Will Smith, what a character. Well, uh, I'm going to send one of my goons onto the ice right now, and okay. everyone knows he's going out there, so I just want everybody to be ready. Uh, I just I just hope that when Life Skills wins whatever the Oscar for podcasting is, that you have a chapter in your book about learning to brush your teeth. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and how, that, how that was part of your personal journey, and you could think back to a time when you didn't. And that that really motivated your desire to entertain. Oh, okay. You you think that like that's kind of a, you know, you just sort of laid the foundation for all the future achievements that I could make by, exactly. by ha- having an opinion about Like, I don't even know that you inspired me to do it. Well, no, but I think you'll just look back and be like, okay, that was a time when I needed to evaluate my life. Leave me out of it. Like, you'll just look back and say, I think I, I will. Very- uh, yeah, I was very confident about something <laughs> and it turned out the other way and I was open and honest and frankly vulnerable. 
about it. And, and that informed a lot of my decisions going forward with my award-winning D Magazine or Dallas Observer covered podcast life skills. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, uh, I, I'll allow this because I was at the dentist today and you know that. Unbelievable. The 730 slot, they they get you in there because they know it might be, you know. I think it's just what they had open. Yeah, maybe, but they're not putting you at four because they're like, look, we're leaving at five. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, this was a a quick enough one. You know, if we started this and the fact I was home by nine, so. Yeah, and I bet everybody in there was high fiving. Uh, well, we 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 all knew going in that this okay. was going to be a quick one. Yesterday was uh, eleven. This was three. So. Yesterday. So what does that make the count now? Five times that I've been to the dentist since. Oh, uh, I think we're at about two weeks, maybe two and a half. Yeah, it's five. Five. Okay. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's a once every two and a half day average. So. <laughs> um but no what i was what i'm saying is you you can do this now uh this i i i begrudge you uh, not at all but but this is it no no more because i'm I'm not i'm not going back to the dentist anymore i mean i will for regular checkups because i understand now how important dental health is okay but can i put one caveat in there if a year from now you're back in deep shit, then can I reignite? Yeah, definitely. I, okay. I feel fine about that because I don't think I will be. Okay. I, I think I'm doing great. I've I've even had a couple days where I've where I've hit two brushings. Look at that. How's the it's shower thing? The I haven't really gone with the shower thing. I, I don't okay. know. Okay. Well, you're 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 finding your own path. No, the headline that I saw regarding Will Smith, and uh, it's quite a doozy. Will Smith revealed he once developed a psychosomatic reaction to orgasms after engaging in rampant sexual intercourse to deal with being cheated on by his first girlfriend. Now to Will's words himself, I had so many, I had sex with so many women, and it was so constitutionally disagreeable to the core of my being that I developed a psychosomatic reaction to having an orgasm. It would literally make me gag and sometimes vomit. Wow. Yeah. You so see what I'm saying? There's just a lot going on there. There's a, and he's Scientologist too, right? Is he? I think he at least was, and usually it's once always, right? I mean, what about all the people that are on every documentary? Uh, well, I feel like most of the people they talk to on the do- on the documentaries are, uh, well, yeah, you're right. There are there are a handful of notable celebrities who are ex. Um, yeah, I think they even had like a at school, like a kid's Will school. Smith's new memoir doesn't address failed private school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going right for the right for the throat there. <laughs> That's a, a headline on uh, showbiz411.com. <laughs> Always reliable. Yeah. Always reliable. So the story on this uh, this more salacious headline is, <clears throat> so he had a girlfriend at 16. And the girlfriend was being abused by her parents um, or maybe her – someone in her family. And she had like a really rough childhood and her his parents allowed her to live with them okay. at like 16, 17 years old. And I think he said she was the second person he ever had sex with but his first like real 
intimate experience. And that, because uh, obviously, all dude, this is getting at something that I think should be pointed out, which is it sounds kind of tight to be Will Smith in some ways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, it's a Western made about robots and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, if I had a girl break my heart and I was like, the only way I see to solve this problem is to have sex with 700 women, I think that I probably wouldn't, I, I just wouldn't do, I, it's not an option on the table for me. Even as even at the expense of vomiting 695 of those times? Well, ultimately, all of those solutions are empty. I'm glad that he has clearly settled on the one that will work, which is, you know, digging in deep, trying to trying to do the work to understand yourself and, you know, become an uh, emotionally and mentally mature person. But, uh, you know, my shit along, I mean... Like, would you rather do, like, compulsive masturbation and find out that doesn't work? Which is not me admitting to having done compulsive masturbation. <laughs> it's not really something I have struggled with. I'm just giving an example. Um, compulsive? Uh, I was talking yesterday. Uh, you surely know this, but uh, Epstein was three times a day every day jerking yeah, off. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, and so, I like, have. you know, that that's it's, that, it's top of mind. That's why I'm... Um, but, yeah, but that, uh, that, it doesn't would, have, that doesn't necessarily mean compulsive though. That could be re- fairly regimented. Uh, I, if you're doing it three times a day, it seems like something's driving you to do it. Yeah. I suppose we're digging into the term compulsive here. I just more mean like if you turn on the news and see a woman and you're like, Bleh. yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> if you're doing it three times a day, I think it's because you've had that happen so many times that you're like, well, I got to figure out some way to, you got to, got to impose some structure on this whole deal. Yeah. But nobody says that about like three meals a day. That's just good business. I think that is compulsive eating. You may be right. I'm only a two day meal guy. So, uh, but yeah, no, I just, if, you know, of the empty things that you could try running through all of Philadelphia sounds like a better one than some other options. And you know, what's weird too, is like, I, I guess I don't really know what the cutoff for and the way we talk about this is when it comes to the child star, but like, he's basically a child star. Yeah. Like, do you think of like Disney kids? And like kids that are like single digits and and maybe even like 13 and under. But I think if you get famous when you're 16, you're a child star. You know, I've um, really kind of... It may even be worse. All I've been thinking about the last two weeks is uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Taylor Swift's relationship. Mm. And uh, I think that uh, just him doing Donnie Darko at like 17. Like, you know, when you're asking yourself, why the fuck is a 30-year-old dating a 20-year-old? I think... The fact that he starred in Donnie Darko looms large in my mind. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but like, <laughs> this is also somewhat like a backwards hustle because, like, settlers who were like 50, or I don't know, like pharaohs, well, I suppose that's uh, more close to Jake Gyllenhaal, but like, just regular schlubs on the prairie were trying to like bag the youngest chick they could forever. I don't know. Like I, I, I I know that I like. I'm aware of the times that that you know, like uh, Grover Cleveland didn't he marry like a 20 year old or something? Um, yeah, he's the one who who met his uh, future wife when she was born. <laughs> Jesus Christ! She was a close friend of his daughter. Um, but yeah, I I, I don't know uh, if if that like 
are those the notable outliers of, of their time? Like, was the average 50-year-old dating a 20-year-old in 1860? Well, no, I don't think that the average one was because they couldn't do it. But I think there is some physiological driver here where people are looking or at least used to be looking to like. I certainly agree that some people do. I'm just wondering if it's ever like I I don't want to date a 20 year old. If if that no. were an option on the table, if I were a Will Smith, I would absolutely categorically not do it. Yeah, I would agree. So anyways, back to Will Smith, because uh, this is like the period where he is a child star. He has this girlfriend that's living with him. He's very close with her. He goes out on a, a, a brief tour for like two or three weeks and she cheats on him. She cheats. That <clears throat> feels and, like a mistake for her. Yeah. And after he found this out, uh, at one point he said that he gathered all of her belongings and burned them. Wow. That's not okay, you know, Will. Not okay. I mean, he's done work uh, since then. You know, I think he knows it's not okay is my point. Uh, he says that the relationship, they got back together. It was short-lived. Um, and then he resorted to excessive and indiscriminate sex as a way of dealing with his heartbreak. I desperately need relief, but there is no pill for heartbreak. I resorted to the homeopathic remedies of shopping and rampant sexual intercourse. Uh, he says over the next few months, I went full Yeah, dude, that rules. Just fucking yeah, buying like, fly ass clothes and fucking everyone in, in the in, in within like eyesight. Yeah, it's. I mean, look, again, empty. Not not. You it's know. not drugs though. It's not booze. Yeah. Uh, he says that he at this point went full ghetto hyena, which is a funny term that I'm pretty sure only he. What does that mean? He could get away with. Uh, then he says he was engaging in so much intercourse that it eventually led to him developing a psychosomatic reaction to having an orgasm. I had sex with so many wom uh, women that I developed a psychosomatic reaction to having an orgasm. It would literally make me gag and sometimes even vomit. Which again was the part that I read up there in the headline. I don't, I don't get, I'm not sure, I, I, I believe him, but I... He was disgusted with himself. I guess. Yeah. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of other stuff in this uh, breakdown of the book about him and Jada. And uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, so one of the times that he split with Jada, I think this is in 2011. <laughs> Unpack this sentence for me. He discloses that the pair decided to temporarily split, uh, temporarily split in 2011 following a brutal argument that ensued after Jada rejected an ego-driven birthday party he'd thrown for her. That shit was pursuit of happiness themed. Oh, was it really? There's no way. I'm just making. Oh, it okay, I'm okay. Just, <laughs> like he's, but if it's described as he threw a birthday party for her that was ego driven, it might have just been like basically a mock up of Planet Hollywood, but with you know all of his I, films. I love what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love the vision you're painting. Yeah, and like he shows up dressed like uh, Happy Birthday. The, the present is me. Yeah, that's Every right. Every goddamn day of your life. Yeah, he's the dog. The dog from uh, from uh, the apocalypse movie is there. That's right. Oh God, that'd be great. <laughs> what a treat for you, honey. My co-star. <laughs> so he says after this, uh, after this, in a bid to rediscover himself and search. I think for he names the dog Marley. I could be wrong about that. The character is obsessed with Bob Marley. I'm trying to remember uh, the dog's name. I don't know if they do name the dog. <clears throat> so after the split, 
Uh, he says he visited a tantric sex expert in Trinidad and traveled to Peru for several ayahuasca rituals. That is so great. I would yeah. fucking love to go on an ayahuasca ritual with Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be tough like if you were – it would be tough like knowing him as a pop culture icon because I would constantly be convinced I was in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I like, yeah I I bet like, that I would I want to know the detail because obviously he can get the private one if he wants and yeah. I assume that he does but most of the time I hear about these things and I certainly hear about these things uh, it's you know that you got like a group and yeah. we have I, a buddy that's done it yeah and I I think that it would be. Uh, I, I don't know how my brain would handle if one of the people was Will Smith. I think I would constantly constantly be asking where Gene Hackman is. <laughs> yeah. Like what a, I I don't know if that would make it better or worse. It would make it more interesting. I would like for it to happen. I want to have that story. But yeah. I could see how it would sort of overshadow everything else. Yeah, like you'd want to do that one and then several others for like the actual intended desired effect. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. one's just for getting getting weird. And again, there's just a bunch of stuff in here about August Cena and, you know, whatever. I hate that I can't read books. I, I, might, I, need, I might need to read this book. It's just books are a real shame cycle for me in the way the toothbrushing is. Yeah. yeah Both you know of them are just like, it. yeah, yeah, stuff that I... <clears throat> I think that I want to. It's like, why can't I do the things I want to do? Like, it's a pleasure activity. I can't, like, I, I don't know, dude. I, I have so little control over my life and what I'm doing that I can't do things that I would like to do. Like, uh, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, I think the way you have to look at but it is I think is I that, need to read Will Smith's book. I think you have to look at it like, uh, I, I read this book Actually, the last book I read was a, kind of about this, which is that Atomic Habits book. And it's like you should just be happy with like any small incremental things you're doing better. <laughs> because a lot of times people are like, all right, starting on this day, I, I'm totally doing this. Like I'm doing this all the time. Yeah. And if I don't do that, then I fail and then I don't want to do it anymore. And then I make no progress. So it's like the compounding, you know, it's a lot of like, yeah, shit, of like if you tell yourself you're going to work out every day and it ends up you only do it like twice a week, you should be like, well, fuck, dude, it's insane that you made it to twice a week. Exactly. So yeah. like it, you if you should probably not go from I haven't read a full book in a year to like I'm going to read a book a month. Yeah. But if you're like, what if I gave myself that is kind of how it goes for me, though? Like, yeah, me too. On that front. Yeah, I. Like I'll I'll have like one month a year where I can read, and then the rest of the year I'm building up things that I would like to read, but just don't make the time for. And like you know, why is the Will Smith book better than the Matthew McConaughey book? I've heard the Matthew McConaughey book is amazing. I would really like to read it. That one I even, that one I'm like so deep into the let's not create situations that we will later feel shame about that I haven't even bought it because I've got such a long list of other 
uh, things that are already taking up that. But whatever. I don't know. The holidays are a bad time for this too, man. Because everybody, like, especially like if you're relatively financially comfortable, you don't really need that much. So you're like, oh, maybe I'll give four books uh, to these three or four different people that want gift ideas. And then it just ends up making you feel worse. That is a good idea. I, I am going to put the Will Smith and Matthew McConaughey books as gifts. See, I'll tell you something else too. And I know you're not like commuting that much anymore and you're not like a go on run guy. <laughs> but I think for me, there is a very clear distinction between book I can listen to on tape, which I typically do not like, and book that I can't. And I would say like, you know, Nate Silver's book about data, no chance I'm listening to that because I have to reread every page twice. But like our kids potty training book, I listened to that on tape in like six commutes, at, uh, days of commuting and was 70% done with it. And That's a good I've point. Heard, I'll bet that the Will Smith audiobook is fucking banging. Yeah. And I think I've heard, I mean, I've definitely heard the same thing about McConaughey. Like, yeah. You're yeah. really probably not, there's no. That's a great point. There's no uh, flip to the end for this chart. <laughs> or like yeah, <laughs> not a lot of shirts <laughs> yeah and i'll like, just he, just someone like that who is good i assume that mcconaughey reads his own book he does surely the publisher had to demand that yeah um yeah th then yeah yeah that that's a great idea and uh i i do not uh, go on runs or commute but i will tell you what i do do and that's uh i now walk the dog Okay, see, we'll Atomic Habits. Moving to, uh, well, it's not an Atomic Habit. It's a, we no longer have a backyard and I don't want him to shit inside. Well, so, but it's, you could just take him right out front, wait two minutes and clean it up and go back in. Yeah, and sometimes I do, but I like it. I like, I like walking him. I enjoy, you know, I mean, like, it's just a good neighborhood to walk around in. I, I, I like it. I do need to get the taser out of the car and start taking it with at night. I just taser. not not because there's like a need to. I, you know, I have a taser. Have you told me that? Yeah. When? Recently? No, no. I mean, I've had it for years. It was like whenever the guy broke in, and I was like, "Should I buy a gun?" And I was like, "Well, I definitely don't want to do that." But maybe a nice middle option would be a taser. What'd that run you? Uh, I put it on my uh, Christmas list. Okay, well, like, still, for the purposes <laughs> yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, um, it was, it was not much. It's not, like, it's not the uh, stun gun or whatever. It's just the, like, handheld, you got to, like, get it into them yeah. and then get it going. Uh, but it, it crackles quite a bit. Like, I, I think that if someone were trying to fuck with you and you just whip it out and crackle it a little bit, you're probably yeah. good. They don't want to find out with that. Um, and... It's definitely not a, like, I, I don't think that I ever will, and I certainly hope not to ever use it. It's just the kind of thing of, if I'm walking the dog at 3 a.m., uh, which happens often enough, like, like on the weekends or something, dude. You know, you're, a fucking wild, you're a wild man. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I do it the last thing before I go to bed, you know, so that he's not super built up in the morning. Um, and so, uh, cause I, the last thing I want is the fucking dog scratching at the door, waking me up. So I figured that if I, if his bathroom needs are fully met at the last possible moment, then, uh, he's going to be chill until I need to, you know, for the amount of time I need to sleep. Um, 
so yeah, if it's a weekend, you know, and we're we're trying to get into it a little bit, uh, you know, I mean, the bars close at two, and then you take some time to get home, and then you go walk the dog. Uh, and if if that's the case, then you know, quite possible that my uh, paranoia is elevated from where it might normally be. And uh, <laughs> seeing people walking down the street, you know, you're just like, boy, that guy could just fucking kill me here, huh? No one's ever going to find out any of the details about that. I'll just be dead on this fucking street. Yeah, a lot of unsolved murders uh, from uh, heavily trafficked entertainment districts. I know uh, what you mean. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not really making the, I'm not making the case that it's likely to happen. I'm well you're aware either that way. it's not. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The so only it takes ones a, to be wrong, and yeah. it's none of it's that I'm worried. Like I'm, I'm just what I'm saying is, is it's not a problem that I actually like. The the problem is the one that exists in my head. The exterior danger is non-existent, and I'm fully aware of that, which is why I don't carry the taser to use it. I carry the taser because I know what's going to happen is I'm going to feel anxiety, and I want to be able to have a reaction to that. That you know, like makes a meaningful change in how much anxiety I feel. And I think the taser will accomplish that. Are we allowed as a collective to laugh if you cheddar Bob yourself with a taser at three o'clock in the morning? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a, if anything, there's a bit of an issue of like, could I get it to, because I will not walk around with it on. Right. Like you got to turn it on and then you got to like hit it, you know? You it's know what I mean? It's got to power up like a Ghostbuster gun. No, no, no. It's <laughs> it's a quick it's just it's a if you want it if you come from like normal like where it is right now, uh it's a two-step process to be able to taste someone. So more or less there's a safety. So I'm yeah, going yeah. to leave the yeah, safety yeah. on. Uh, you know. And so I I don't think that I will cheddar bob myself. Yeah, I've uh, I've always wanted to be tased. What are you doing next week? Well, the problem is like I feel like there's such a I've range. Always wanted to use this bad boy. There's such a range of tased that like I want one that just like hurts and freaks me out, but I don't want one that could like give me a heart attack. And I, and I realize, yeah, I don't think you're gonna pee on this one. I, oh, I don't mind that. I realize all of them could give you a heart attack. I just want the one that's like two percent heart attack and not like. 30% heart attack. Yeah. And I also don't I also don't really want to be pierced, you know? So like the one the cops have. Yeah. I'm not in on that. I don't know. and skin is no good for me. Yeah, I have always wondered exactly how this one works because I, I kind of think you need the metal elements to be making contact with skin. So if they're wearing like a thick sweater, maybe I'm fucked. I don't know. Still the sound though. A lot of people would freak out if the sound just hit their sweater. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you don't even need to be – like I think when you're still some distance away to just like flick it, I think that's probably going to be enough to be like, well, maybe I'll just mug the next guy. Uh, I don't have too much else for you. I was going to tell people this. I've got um, a, a small thing, but go ahead. Well, I was just going to say since we're only doing one podcast this week, I wanted to give everyone a podcast recommendation. Oh, Okay. So uh, I'd love to have him on the on the show sometime, but my buddy, I consider him a buddy, Akash Singh. He's a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. From I think he's from Plano. Uh, I've had him on the show a couple times, like whenever I was filling in with Sean. Uh, huge, huge P1, huge Cowboys fan. What's this holiday season looking like? 
you know, lat, a couple years ago, he came back here and did and sold out the improv like three nights. That's tight. Um, no, I just does I just mean for your filling, like you guys going up to the muser shift anytime. What's the, no sir? Okay, no, no. Those are the old days. Yeah, well, sometimes noon to three moves around. I'm just that asking. happened like 15 years ago. That's not true. It's more recent than that. I'm positive. You telling me there's no time within the last 10 years that they've done a hardliner muser shift? You know, there might have been a couple Black Fridays. But like nothing where it's like a, a stretch, you know? Because early on, and this has been played before, I believe, by Bob on a White Elephant Day, there was a week of Bob and Dan with Gordon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Worst muse it's, in the news ever. I've heard it many it's times. It's somewhat legendary. <laughs> yeah. And that was whenever they uh, they called George. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Akash does a podcast with uh, a comedian named Andrew Schultz. Okay. He's a relatively big deal. Uh, and uh, their podcast is called Flagrant 2. And they had Michael Irvin on their show this week. Oh, wow. And it is fucking bonkers. I'll download that right now. There's something about there's something obviously about the podcast format, and then I think especially if you sit down with two guys who are stand up comedians, where Irvin is just, I mean he's he's as out there as I've ever heard him. Like he's telling stories that you kind of assume exist, but then he's like really getting into them, and it's only like an hour and ten minutes. And it helps that Akash is like a huge Cowboys fan. He's our age. I like grew up a massive Michael Irvin fan. So he knows all about the White House. He knows all about the coat. He knows all about the hotel busts. And Irvin's just like, I mean, pretty much every story he tells involves him being with 10 women. Yeah. I want to read like Michael Irvin's Will Smith book. And voiced by Michael Irvin. Oh my this, God! Yes. And, and this is about just what, what things have to happen for a person to act this way. <laughs> well, this is about as close to that as you're going to hear. And there's one anecdote he tells where he's like, you know, uh, the way I looked at it, you know, we were the gladiators in the arena, and back in those old times when the gladiators, you know, triumph in the Coliseum, they got multiple women. <laughs> <laughs> and <then> the other <laughs> i mean when you put it like that <laughs> the other way he phrases it was he's like you know game night after a game was always my biggest night uh with ladies he's like because the way i look at it he's like if the other team's gonna throw more than one defender at me he's like i'm not coming off the field and going one-on-one -on -one. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh yeah, I don't know that you have to approach it that way, but <laughs> well, it's great. So if you got an hour this holiday season, if you're traveling or something, you know, it's worth your time. Yeah, our uh, our our good friend Michael Sertain had a uh, Dan Bilzerian on his show, and uh, they they did do some amount like a, a small, and I think that uh, Bilzerian they were there to promote promote his book, and I think in his book he gets in more, but just it does get to some of the like what must happen to a person to to make them feel like this is the options for them in life, like uh you know his his dad went to prison, he talks about that some um was that before or after he bankrolled his poker career definitely before, like when he was a kid, like elementary school, his dad went to prison, okay um 
I've heard from people who are into poker that he's actually not good at poker. He just like can consistently buy back in. He addresses that some. His thing is that uh, he doesn't claim to be the best poker player ever. What he, what his talent in his mind is, is uh, he's capable of finding people that are dumb enough to play with him that he is better than. Which is a skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my cousin won 350K last week and got accused of cheating at the World Series of Poker. I uh, I saw your brother trying to fight people online <laughs> about that. So congrats to all of them. I feel I like read they're a couple all articles about it, and it seemed very like uh, foreign substance. Like everyone does this, you're only mad because it's him and he beat you, but it is kind of in the gray area. But in any case, I think he won 350k. Well, congratulations! Shout out to Chance. Yeah, that's great. Um, but yeah, so the the, the last thing I, I I don't know I I feel like your shoulders are going to slump. Um, oh, no. at the topic, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I have a podcast, and obviously it's a big deal, and I, I do just want to like briefly address it. Um, you know, so uh, Kyle Rittenhouse is found not guilty. I'm watching your shoulders to see what level of reaction it is. And uh, just the thing that's echoing in my mind as I'm spending time thinking about it is I, like... The broad strokes kind of thing of like, do I think that uh, these fucking shitheads with guns that we should say like that, like, do I want people going to protest with guns and then shooting people and then suffering no consequences? No, I do not want that. Um, But I think that the more you draw down into the specifics, the more that I get to somewhere where I'm like, I guess I'm just glad I'm not on that jury. Uh, and I, I remember, I think this is in uh, Chuck Klosterman's first big book, The Drug, Sex, Cocoa Puffs, uh, something about how just the real crazy ones in the world are the people who are positive what's going on. Like that any of these complicated issues that the most reasonable position to take is the one of like, boy, I got no fucking idea. Um, and just the, the details of he's being chased by a guy who's shouting threats at him. Uh, the, like he had an eyewitness saying that he lunged, that the guy was lunging for the gun, you know, that he was, he was trying to get it. And, you know, then you, do you go in a bit into like the guy who's saying that is someone who probably is pretty fucking fine with uh, the law being laid down, I'm sure is how they would put it, uh, to protesters. But you got to, you know, I mean, he swore that he was telling the truth, you know, like uh, to be in a court, you got to, I, I, I don't know. I, it's a higher level of scrutiny to your statements than you're going to get to media or social media. That's for right. Sure. That's right. It's really the highest one we have outside of popular Fox game show, The Moment of Truth. <laughs> yes, yes. Um <laughs> And so, you know, in, in that situation, like, do I think that someone who has a gun and then someone else is chasing them and lunging for it, like, you know, is it okay if they fire? I, I'm not here to say, this is not me trying to delicately say that I actually, I do think that's fine. This is me saying legitimately, I don't have any fucking clue. 
I, I hope to never be in that situation. I'm pretty sure I never will be, you know? Um, yeah. Because I'm so, not going to have a gun and I'm not going to chase someone who has one. But I hope to never be the jury and, you know, be figuring out whether or not that's, uh, that's okay. Because, you know, a human life is a big deal. Putting someone away in jail, it's a big fucking deal. Like, yeah, if... if Part of being the kind of person, I think, who's like, you know, supporting those sort of protests is to say that prison is a, so much larger a punishment than should be meted out to people for these kinds of, like, for, you know, some of the things that it is meted out for. It's, it's really fucking bad. So, dude, I, you know, I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm left with... I. I think that most of the time, whenever people are opining about it on social media, that they are participating in the first conversation I was talking about of like, you know, broad strokes. Do we think that someone kind of like him should be able to go around and do whatever they want? And having strong feelings about that, I understand. But the, just people who have strong opinions about this, I I feel like the real conversation that I'm drawn to and that, that you know, is the the second one. And anyone who has a strong opinion about that, I, I don't know. I just, I, I can't identify with. I, I don't know how you would feel certainty. Uh, I mean, it's because you're tying, you're tying the second one to the first as one thing. Um, and I only have a couple minutes here. So I'll just say, because you hinted at this last week a little bit. Um, you know, my, my sadness over it is, is really not tied to the verdict. Um, it's really more tied to just the overall situation that society yeah. finds itself in, you know, like, I don't think you should be able to have that kind of gun. I don't think you should be able to have that kind of gun without, uh, if, if that's not on the table without, uh, really, I don't think you should be able to have any type of gun <laughs> if we really want to lay bare our philosophical cards here, but I know that's not feasible and I own one, uh, because you can and other people do, um, just the fact that it's that it's legal at all uh, is weird. The fact that um, there, the the fact that that protest was occurring and was necessary at all is is depressing. You know, like that's completely lost in the wash. Like, yeah. why was this even occurring? Like, why do people feel this way? Even if people are harming property, you know, we we talked about this a couple years ago, and it's like, well, I mean, there's a reason for that, right? And it's not just because like people want to break shit. So that just gets completely lost in the wash, and then. You know, the other thing that obviously is is dis it causes despair is like the deification of someone who's involved in this by half the country. You know, like that's, that's a fucking the, yeah. weird thing. Like yeah. to, to have him at Mar-a-Lago like the next week. That like, there's a single person that is comfortable entering the public discourse to be like, this man is a hero. Uh, that's disgusting to me. And I, I really wish I lived in a country where that didn't occur. Like it, it, you could, I, I, we just do not have at all the space to say, uh, I don't think that what he, okay. It's four prong here. Uh, it bums me out that what led to that protest is normal and has not gotten better. I don't think that what he did, every part of it should be legal. I also think that it probably was. And I don't think that he should be – I think he should be able to say those three things without then saying this guy should get an internship with Congress. But nobody does any of those things. It's just either he should be fried or he should be president. And there's no – that's that's fucking – it's disgusting. 
Yeah. It's really disgusting, but that is what it is. And I mean, dude, he's already been offered like I was going to play this funny clip because um, I'm sure a lot of you have seen the the uh, uh, the headlines that I'm referring to were like, uh, what's his name? Cawthorn offered him an internship in his office. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Lauren Bobert, Bobert, a little bit uh, of a bidding war. Yeah. Did you see the clip? No, 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 no. I just- Dude. Okay, so she was on Newsmax, and she was talking to a guy that, at first glance, I thought was Seb Gorka, and I was really excited for a minute. What is your time limit? Like now? Oh, God damn it, because I had the big Bobert thing I was going to tell you about, but it needs more time than this. Okay, well, you can save it. Yeah, but I already did save it. And I'm just, I'm mad at myself. I could have brought this up instead of the Will Smith thing, you know? The like, only thing I'll close with on, on the Bobert thing, and I don't even know how to say her name, so... I'm out of my depths here. She was on Newsmax and she was like, uh, you know, talking about how they each wanted, yeah. which is just a fucking insane. Like the fact, this is like every part of the sentence I just said. Yes. And she says, uh, well, Madison has offered to arm wrestle me. Okay. Uh, he's in, and she's, I swear to God, dude, this is not made up. Mm-hmm. And she will receive zero blowback for this. <laughs> Go ahead. She said, but I've seen Madison and he's got some pretty big guns. So instead I offered to race him in a sprint. <laughs> yeah. You know, no comment, dude. Like <laughs> everyone I know has been refraining from making Greg Abbott wheelchair jokes. I'm you know, that does not happen and they shouldn't happen. But this woman is just like, yeah, maybe I'll just race him uh, on foot, you know, because he's in a wheelchair. We can say it. <laughs> and the anchor's laughing and he's like, oh, yeah, that's crazy. And it's, it, it's a, a wild moment. That to is witness. a wild I, moment. It seemed like an SNL bit that they would never come have the balls to come forth with because they would then have to have fucking Dan Crenshaw and Pete Davidson on together. Yeah. Uh, to, to hash it out. But no, I generally... I'm with you mainly because I don't know shit about the particulars of of that of the laws in play and of that case. And I, I, I but I do think you yeah, can I mean, say I think that and like also a, say I'm, I'm bummed. You know, the, the the standard that they're applying is the credible fear of serious harm. Yeah, yeah. And which if someone were chasing me and like yelling that they were going to seriously harm me, I would fear that I had serious harm. Now. Yeah. Do I feel like uh, I I would then turn around and be able to ca- cast the vote of like what this kid did is fine? I don't fucking know, dude. Because like the judge can tell me as much things as he wants to tell me about the law. But like, you know, ultimately, I am making the decision. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah like, I don't know, dude. I'm going right here. Heart. Gut. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's how I want all courts decided. I would hope that everyone is paying attention to what the law is. But it's. It's hard. I'm just I I my primary emotion is gratitude that it's not me that has to make the decision. All right, well, we'll see you. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next, so until tomorrow. For everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.